And we're going to laugh at them like they're holding fucking bolivars because their money is worthless already. So so once you realize the, mo the, the money that they're printing is worthless already, like right now, like in fucking 2009, it became worthless. Then there's no point of holding it anymore. The, that system is done. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. All right, here we are. Another night of high hash rate. Yo. Dan. So I think this is, now this is the second time we've had a guest who's been on before. So we get to talk a little bit more out there about whatever we want because we don't have to talk about their backstory and like how they found bitcoin so if you want to learn that about jeff check out uh, our previous episode which was last year the uh, episode number will be in the show notes because i'm too stoned to remember which one it was uh but yeah this is jeff uh goes by sly goomba on twitter he's the host of the why bitcoin podcast welcome back jeff Thanks for having me back, boys. Might be a, might be a mistake at me to come on <laughs> two times. So we'll see how it goes. No, nothing <laughs> yeah. is ever a mistake. That's what I think. You know how Dan pitched it to me, Mike? He said, we need a guest for Wednesday's, Wednesday night show. Want to come on and get really cosmic and retarded. And I said, absolutely. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, man. We haven't had a good, you know, that's what I kind of call the high hash rate uh, throwback. Where we get cosmic I, and retarded. What what did we end up talking about last time? I can't even, I should have, I should talked have done to, some prep. Yeah. Well, so last time we talked to Jeff, we asked him part about his uh, orange pilling story. And part of that orange pilling story is that he found, found out about Bitcoin at the end of 2020 and then just went into like, a, what do you call it? Like a, a bipolar mania phase where you're just right, reading about this, it yeah. all night yeah. long every day and you just like you just were like within a week you were completely laser eyed orange pilled everything yeah man and i've since so and i thought everybody was going to go through that when i was going through it but i've since realized that <laughs> not everybody goes through it when people take like years or a long time to really understand bitcoin like what the fuck is taking you so long? It's because I got obsessed, and I yeah. found I found peace in knowing mm -hmm. that Guy Swan and Jeff Swan both went through that. Also, yes. Eric Kaysen went through something similar. There, Andreas. There's a Andreas, yeah. There's a, there's a handful of us absolute psychopaths that uh, that went deep really hard really quick. Mine was not as short. I mean, yours was like I it, like I said about a week. Mine was about a summer. It was the summer of 2020. And like I had Bitcoin before that and I had bought it and I'd used Silk Road in like 2012, but like I didn't really care about it. It was just like, a you know, just a cryptocurrency that I could use for something. It might go up in value. But then it was, you know, when I started to like get really interested in what it was uh, after like COVID and, you know, when the world went to clown chaos, that's when it just like sucked me right in. So let me ask, let me ask both of you guys then did, when was the moment when you like, did you have an aha, like this is everything moment? Because for me, it's when I realized <laughs> we'll get into it. It's like when I realized that Bitcoin is like a spiritual experience that actually mm -hmm. can save people from a fucking yeah. nightmarish, hellish life that they're living and that there actually is good in the world. 
And that's when I was just like, came with a relief of calm, just knowing that Bitcoin existed, that everything yeah. was going to be okay. So did you have a moment like that? I had a moment like that. So it wasn't my, it wasn't what got me all in. Um, and it wasn't like what it's like that second booster shot, uh, you know, no, or, I can't really, you know what I mean, <laughs> no, uh, like that second booster, like if you're on Mario Kart and you're hitting like those, uh, like the, the mushrooms okay. that speed you up or whatever. And like, you just, you get like three of them. Like the second one for me was the, uh, difficulty adjustment. So like mostly it was economic and engineering type things that really sucked me in, but I did have that third, my final mushroom boost, right. Was exactly I don't know if I would have worded it exactly like you did, but it was, it was a, a metaphysical, spiritual, uh, epiphany. The other, the others were technical uh, or monetary, but the third one, it was it, like it, uh, it transcend, okay. it transcended the realm that we live in day to day Yeah, man. in my mind. What about you, Mike? Do you think we sound like crazy people? I I don't know. I, no, I'm, no, no. But I do. I will say I I didn't have a. I still think I'm into my journey of the aha moment. I every one of these podcasts I have, everything I keep. It's like I wake up to something new about this thing every single day. The but I will say that there was probably a moment where I was still I was like at the tail end of my shit coining days. And I had all this shit locked up in Ave. And I was I was trying to unwind all of those positions. And in so, and I had a lot of money, like debt. I had I had fucking speculating on this bullshit coin, this bullshit coin, whatever. And the I think the sort of light light bulb moment was when I tried to remove myself from all those positions, it costed me two days of my time just to continue back and forth and just removing those, all the liquidity and everything. Uh, and it cost me two ETH. And at the time, ETH was Four grand. Thir like $3,200. Oh my God. So I was thinking, I just got out of that whole system thinking like, oh my fucking God, this is a scam. Look at this fucking thing. Just to get out of my positions, it cost me uh almost seven grand. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that that was that was probably the one aha moment. But I keep on having, you know, I keep growing with this thing. I mean, new things keep coming every single day. Yeah, man. For for me, it was just realizing like because you said you had Ave, whatever people had their shit coins. So I did go through a very, very quick, relatively quick shitcoin phase where my theory was okay, Bitcoin is what Bitcoin is. Ethereum is second. So I guess I'll get some of that because I'm a mm -hmm. fucking idiot. Sure. And then I was like, yeah, I need to find one more layer deeper. And for me, it was Chainlink. And Chainlink made <laughs> sense because <laughs> its whole premise is like, oh, all these other fucking blockchains can interact with each other on the chain link network. So in my, my head, I'm like, okay, well, that's awesome. If I ever need any of these other blockchains, I'll have chain link and then I'm good to go. And then I realized, oh, I don't want any of the other shit. Right. So I don't need chain link at all. And then I just fucking got rid of it. And it was like a weight lifted. I'm like, what, what the fuck do I care about Ethereum for? That summer, 
same thing. It was like, all right, if you're the second best, I got to have that. Let me find another one. I was like, oh, but mine was like, all right, what did really good in 2017? Let me get like one or two of those and just, you know, I'll, if they go up, I'll sell them and just buy more Bitcoin. Cause I knew Bitcoin was like the best one. And it was like the only one that I thought was serious, but the other ones were like, all right, I could make some money off this to buy more, you know, the same that as the old story goes, which doesn't work for most people, obviously, but it, um, then I was just like using those like Ave and things like that, just to like, see how it worked. Remember, and I think I talked about on your show, like the, the stable coins that were like yielding 10%. I was like, I was interested in trying to see how those worked and like digging in deeper where the yield was coming from, you know, just how the, the decentralized exchanges worked. And the more you like, I dug into it, the more I started to like read about them and learn about the protocols. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like this is, um, I didn't think at the time I, I wouldn't use the word scam so much. It's just, they were just, they were a scam in the sense that whoever built them wasn't building them to like really invent something new or to discover a new way of finance or to, you know, build this better technology for people. It was, I'm going to make a bunch of trade-offs so I can build this thing really fast, get it to market. If it works, great. If it works really well, great. But really what I'm just trying to do is get a bunch of, of money on this um, and, and trade with it. But it's like, I'm not taking my time to think about, is this secure? Is this the best way to do it? I'm just, it's just kind of a, a, a selfish attempt to either build a better protocol or to make a quick buck. I'm like, that's, that's none of these have a future. And so then that's when I kind of came into the, the spiritual aspect of it, because it was, it was like, what is it about Bitcoin that's so special? And it was, for me, it started to reveal like these patterns in society, patterns in nature, patterns in history. And if you just, you know, it's, it's not that Satoshi was necessarily this grand wizard genius who could uh, predict all the possible attacks and all the possible outcomes and ways that the protocol would change when it was starting to be used more. It was just that he recognized those fundamental patterns of nature and the fundamental patterns of mathematics and cryptography and, uh, you know, human incentives, you know, even if it was not even necessarily conscious, right. It was just, he just understood them almost innately, you know, as a lot of people do in parts of their life even if they don't seem like super sophisticated on the, on the surface, but like, the, it is like, once you notice those patterns, you kind of see them in everything. Yeah. I think, see, another thing about Bitcoin is just, and what Satoshi did, it's when you realize how, like, I think Bitcoin is good and fiat is evil. And that just mm -hmm. becomes more and more obvious when you realize what fiat has done and how like fucking broken humanity is living on a fiat standard and how it destroys people's souls because you just have no purpose to life if you can't work or if you can work, but you can't save your time and effort and energy in your life. And you, you live a whole life and you have nothing to show for it and nothing to pass on to your kids. Then you, you just fucking die and you, you didn't fucking accomplish anything. And so money in that sense, having a good money and have something to store your value in is so important just for the general genuine continuation of the human race for us to get better to create more to build more to just live happier lives in general and so like i think what satoshi realizes what a lot of people 
bypasses how important money is and that the unit that we were using like money is just a language and the language we were using was broken so he found mm -hmm. a language that we could use that would actually work for everyone that doesn't fuck anybody over so and then and then one and that's why bitcoin's good because once you have a language that works or a tool that works then humanity just in general can move forward so for and then anybody that's looking at the world in the past century or so just feels like we've either gone nowhere or gone backwards. Yeah, we've had technology that's gotten better, but just in, <laughs> I, I, I always bring it back to um, architecture. You look at the buildings of old and like these these kings and of the past would build structures that would take 400 years to build. And it just comes back to low time preference. Whereas now we build boxes in a fucking hour for and shove people inside them to live. And so, and, and that's just a, 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 because people have no incentive to create better things. And it also, and the other thing I was thinking about, man, is like fucking labor costs because <laughs> people that get paid today just for the most part they're like administration admitted administrative duties or ceo duties Bureaucr or whatever. Yeah, bureaucracy B bureaucracy and all these people have all these high-paying jobs but really they're not high-paying jobs they're just closer to, to where the money's at like, literally Whereas listen to this like the the uh, i can't remember the county name it's either maryland or virginia but it's right outside washington dc so it is i think the number two most affluent wealthy county in the in the whole united states almost every resident there is a government employee they, there's no factories they don't there's no tech companies there's no there's no nobody that produces any value in the physical world the digital world any in any part of the private sector it's all just people getting paid off taxpayer money and it's the one of the most affluent wealthy neighborhoods number like two, I think, like I said, in the United States, just like what you said, right? Like all these high powered people and all these jobs, they don't do anything. They're pushing papers. They're signing off on, you know, a contract or, or, you know, taking somebody golfing. They're not making anything. They're not building anything. And they're some of the highest paid people because they're the closest in, in, in the, the, the county in Virginia's case, literally the closest to the central bank. And it's when people hear, when people hear us or they see us on Twitter and they say, you know, fiat's evil, you know, fiat versus Bitcoin. And they probably think we're crazy. Right. And like, I've even talked to somebody who's like, dude, I, you know, I'm, I'm holding $20 in my hand right now. It's not evil. It's just a piece of paper. It's just money. Like, what are you doing? It's like, no, you don't understand. It's like, it's not, I don't mean, I just mean, I don't mean that $1 bill in your hand. It's the whole system that it represents. The reason that you're living in this little box they put up in an hour or a day you know, within a mile of the factory you work at. So you can make money that doesn't hold its value for a month or a year, anytime. So you have to come in and work 50 hours a day and, you, and, you're, and the, the, your salary is just getting debased every day you go to work, right? You'll never catch up. Yeah. It's that whole system, right? It's That's what it represents. When we say like fiat's evil, we're not talking about a piece of paper. We're talking about the whole fiat system and what it incentivizes and how it makes people treat each other. Yeah, man. And it makes people slaves. Like you're a fucking slave if you use fiat as your money, which is why I have no issue being all in on Bitcoin all the time because I don't want to be a fucking slave, even though 
like and, and that's why i laugh at people that use bitcoin it's like an investment tool i'm like i don't even know i don't i don't know if i'm up or down right now i'm probably way fucking down honestly because i just i just put my money in bitcoin because i don't want to hold fiat and 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 the reason is is because if you're using fucking these t tokens these fucking government tokens that they can print out of nothing then you're quite literally the definition of a fucking slave man like it's just and and that was another one of my aha moments like oh i've been a slave like you have to you have to admit that to yourself and say my whole life has been a fucking lie everything i have done has been for nothing this is embarrassing i gotta fucking step up and actually do some shit that matters and then i need to stop being a slave to a system that's just fucking made up anyways like the I don't know. I, no, exactly. I mean, it's it, imagine if 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 you could just print off from your laptop, you know, money, and somebody like came over to your house and they did all your landscaping or they built a new kitchen for you, and you just printed off that money. Like it costs you no energy, no effort, anything to print off that money, and it costs them years of training and experience, hours of labor, um, transportation to get to the work location it, like it took them all this energy all this money all this um all these resources all this energy to do this work and all you had to do was print something off that is uh not a balanced relationship between the people who have that printer and everybody else right it is like you said it, it's it amounts to literal slavery yeah when you, you boil it down you know what's interesting about uh all those jobs and shit is like if your job can be replaced by a robot or ai or whatever it should be and it will be it, what's interesting is that bitcoin came around and it kind of made that fact obvious that these jobs are worthless and then all these ai and fucking robots like cashiers at mcdonald's it just doubled down and said yeah you're you're literally pointless so anybody that's screaming that like oh no ai is gonna take our jobs or fucking you know, like, uh, I don't know if you have a job that doesn't produce value, you're fucked. And th this is a good thing for humanity at large, but it's a bad thing for the majority of humans because the majority of humans are fucking useless. And then we're going to see this, this new age where people that can actually do shit are extremely valuable. And what the fiat system did as well is like the, these people that have these bureaucratic jobs, for some reason, they think they deserve the money that they, that they make. And they're okay saying, Oh, I should get more bonuses or I should get more money or I deserve this. And I deserve that. And what's interesting is the people that actually do work construction guys or chefs or, you know, people that, that create shit art, like artists as well, whatever, you know, people that make cool shit that people enjoy. Those people tend to think, lesser of themselves like when when a construction guy gets a job right. the the first cost he's going to cut and when you can't cut uh material so you cut your own wage and then you just try and squeeze it out whereas <laughs> you know government will just squeeze out shit and then pay themselves off it's just that mentality and all that shit's going to go away on a bitcoin standard because it's just going to really show where the value is they're going to keep printing money they're going to keep becoming millionaires and billionaires and whatever and we're going to laugh at them like they're holding fucking boulevards because their money is worthless already. So so once you realize the, mo the, the money that they're printing is worthless already, like right now, like in fucking 2009, it became worthless. Then there's no point of holding it anymore. The system is in collapse or already collapsed. We, you motherfuckers just upped the debt ceiling again, which I think is hilarious.
but it's just like that that system is done so why are you why are you still taking part in that system it do, it doesn't make any sense you you just have to think about it logically like why would you right. be part of a broken system when you don't have to be and the and the, you know you said you know most the, the majority of people are worthless i think i would rephrase it from my perspective and say that most people like the majority are not what they're doing is worthless the jobs they're doing but they have the capacity to start doing more productive things and like living more fulfilling lives. And I think that's where the idea that it's like a spiritual revolution kind of comes into play for me. Like once you see it and once you kind of get that orange pill and you start to see it life through a different lens, then you, you start to move towards that more productive and fulfilling life. At least I did. And then the more people that do that, the more healthy, society and the economy becomes it doesn't you know you don't have to share the same religious values or the same uh, culture that you grew up in but just simply doing you know productive work and just kind of having that those insane incentives that bitcoin kind of helps align for you can make the, all the difference and you know really heal like i said some of the problems in our society today so you think do you think every every human on earth has the potential to be a it's all good relative person? it's all relative i think a, so what was the person, question I, what was the question do you think this is something i think about a lot do you, do you think yeah. every person on earth has the potential to be like a good person or do you think well, there's actual demons that are yeah yeah so you know, i think hmm. that's a very vague or like very broad an open to interpretation statement, like good person. What does that mean? I don't, I, so I can't answer that. So I, I mm -hmm. definitely don't mm -hmm. think that's probably the case, but I think that most people, the majority of people have, if they're, you know, given the proper incentives and they live in a, in a just system, then they have a, a much better chance. It would be much more than we have today. Well, I would I, argue your, your question makes me think of another question which is does does the whole world wake up to this fiat thing like if yeah, everyone, i don't or, or is it or is think. it separated from you know i think, the have and the have nots like the bitcoin havers basically the, hyper bitcoinization or not yeah yeah no i i think it definitely is going to if you took the population of the globe today, I think definitely not everybody is going to wake up to it. I used to think everybody's going to wake up to it. Now I think it's a very small percentage of humans that are capable of understanding Bitcoin. The more you listen to Bitcoiners, the more you realize we all have much deeper stories of our back life that led us towards a future where we want a Bitcoin standard, where we want to live free of fiat shackles. And there's a fuck ton of people that are just sleepwalking through life that are mm. either just, they don't have fucking souls. And this is, this was, this was a tough, like, I don't know, man. I used to think everybody had a soul. I really think there's people walking around just soulless, just nothing people that don't think that are just fucking filler or that are just like sitting there to be infested by demons. Cause they're just <laughs> fucking useless, man. Like, and, and, and it, it's sad to say, but it's true. And with the more you look at Bitcoiners, the more you realize how much we have in common and the more you realize how individualistic we are. And at least we think about shit deeper than I guess, quote unquote, the average person. Cause most people you talk to them about anything, 
at least for me lately and there's just there's nothing fucking there man it just and it makes you feel alone like that yes, makes you yes. feel alone <laughs> right so so this is the this is the thing so if i feel alone and i'm talking to other people that obviously means i'm different than these other people so in a fiat world you don't find anybody else now in bitcoin in bitcoin land you're like oh fuck here's one here's one here's one here's one this is fucking awesome these people are great but we're still a very very tiny little subset of people and I think Bitcoin is going to go through a very long phase of just uh, crazy. I, I think the anarchist, libertarian, whatever you want to call us, sort of class of Bitcoiners will be a very drawn out phase. Because I think there's probably going to be still a generation of people, maybe two generations of people that uh, will just kind of coast on the fiat standard, be taken over by government, and will literally have to wait until that group of people fucking die out for bitcoin to really start to take hold when all the bitcoiner baby like when big when bitcoiner babies are growing up and when they're 18 to you know and they can actually start being adults it's going to be fucking awesome but think of think of a bitcoiner's kid right now um mike you have a kid i do too think of them right now when they're 18 compared to somebody who is not buying Bitcoin right now, doesn't understand it. How pissed is that fucking kid going to be at their parents? It's going to cause havoc. And then it's either going to be, those parents are going to be depressed because they fucked up or the kid's going to like rage out against them or the kid's just going to realize that their parents are fucking losers, which is sad as well. And then the, the, the kids are going to have to go off on their own and be independent. Whereas Bitcoiner kids are actually fucking going to benefit from their parents taking care of themselves and their children bitcoiner parents right now give a fuck about the future generation whereas fiat parents don't and so what's going to happen those kids are going to grow up one group is obviously going to do a lot better than the other group and it's going to be fucking crazy and then that will happen again so those kids that had the shitty parents <laughs> the fiat parents will become bitcoiners and then there'll be another generation and then all of the kids will finally have Bitcoiner parents and then everybody will fucking benefit from the work that their parents did when they were younger. Because there, there was no point in the past of history other than maybe in a gold standard, sort of, where a parent could work, produce value, create shit, and then actually pass it on to their kids. They had to do it in, you know, roundabout fucking here's a house that went up in value, but really it didn't. I have a house. Now you have a house. One house equals one house, right? But they say like, oh, well, it used to cost $50,000. Now it's $500,000. You didn't right. give the kids shit. Right. But if you give so, them Bitcoin, it's actually the fucking culmination of the work that you did that you're passing on to your kids. It's real money. Right. So that that was a really great rant. Uh, and I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Now, it, but it makes me wonder something you kind of said at the beginning of the rant where you just you know half these people it's like there's nothing there and but you're different and you find all these bitcoiners that you can talk to and that you can relate to and it, it kind of makes me wonder is like do you find bitcoin because it's you're meant to essentially like it's because of what it is like there's just no um there's no scenario where you would go through your life be introduced to it and then not you know go retard mode in one week right and and become completely orange build it's or you know is it random that's what it makes me wonder and um 
So I've only read excerpts from it and I've only read um, some essays that kind of went into it, but uh, Alan Farrington, he's his book, uh, Bitcoin is Venice. I'm waiting for the, the Guy Swan Bitcoin audible version to read it. Cause that's, I'm really looking forward to that. But anyways, the kind of the broader theme of the book, right. Is like Venice was this super powerful city um, and it didn't really have a strong army. It didn't have any real way to enforce its dominance, but it was a dominant society for, you know, a while, you know, I can't remember the, the time, but hundreds of years ago, anyways, but it, what, because they didn't have this army, the reason they were so powerful, it was the culture. It was the, the values of Venice were so, um, so much better in terms of what it produced its outputs, you know, the way people just lived their lives in Venice, uh, they worked hard and, and, and they just created this beautiful civilization, this culture for a while. And that was what was the source of its dominance. And it's like, makes me think if Bitcoin kind of rises to this level, it can have that cultural dominance. So, so much so that it doesn't even need a strong military to to enforce its dominion over the rest of the, the rest of the world and the places that it influences. What kind of, what kind of money did they have in Venice? And I ask because people yeah, always bring up, up, yeah, people always bring up, bring up Florence, right. And the Florin, and that's when uh, the Renaissance guys, you know, the Ninja Turtles, Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello and Leonardo, like th those motherfuckers were creating great shit. It's because they had some of the best money ever and then Florence became like this beautiful town because they had a hard money. And it just, it, it really just came down to that. And people right. will have a thousand other reasons why, but when you break down, Oh, they had good money so they could think about the future. And so I wonder what kind of money they had in Venice, because that's really all it is, man. It's do you think about the future or not? And so it, yeah, was Bitcoin destined for us or not? Like, if it if Bitcoin didn't exist, and this is another thing I hear from a, a few other people, is just like how depressed they were. I guess people say blackpilled, right? But just like mm -hmm. depressed or nihilistic in general, because you are thinking about the future and there's no fucking hope because it's just everything is shit. So it's like you're dying for a solution to this problem that you see with the world and just civilization as a whole, because you see how broken it is. You don't even know how to fix it and then bitcoin kind of just says hey it's all because the money's been broken and also here's perfect money <laughs> and you're like holy fuck everything's gonna be awesome <laughs> you know so i just want to say you, you made me think uh that you know bitcoin is a is a very personal choice right so personal journey it's a personal choice it's like this uh I think the people who are who are infected by Bitcoin, you, you you sort of have to have an open heart for it. You have to have your your heart has to be open for it. And I know I'm getting sort of in the the Christian, you know, religious space, you know, spaces. But oh, know. right, right. You have to be you have to, you have to be searching for something. Mm -hmm. You're looking for something. It's an answer that you're looking for, and you when you stumble across it, you find it. Right. Like it's if you if you took the name Bitcoin out of it <clears throat> and you like called it 
something out? Like, what would you call this movement? Because it's more than money, right? We've talked about this on the show so many times. It's more than the fiat price. It's more than money. Bitcoin, it's like the, 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 the fiat price is like the tip of the iceberg. And you go into the iceberg and it's like the way that it affects your life, the way that it affects your thinking is so much broader than the fiat price. So what is it, what would you, how would you call it if you didn't call it Bitcoin or being a Bitcoiner? Because it's like, what were you searching for? And it, this big orange logo just kind of represents as a symbol of what you found, right? So what were we searching for? Because we were all searching for something and we, when we found Bitcoin. Well, the, the thing is, I think this is the thing. When you say it's it's more than just money, I think I think people need to stop saying that and rather say Bitcoin is money. And then put emphasis on how fucking important money is yeah. to civilization and just humans in general. Because what separates humans from all the other living beings on the planet and in the universe is fucking our ability to use tools, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so money is just a tool. And again, I say just, it's like money is a tool that we created. And the transfer of value is the most important tool that we can possibly fucking create, so saying it's just money, it's like people have been <laughs> psyoped to think that mm -hmm. money isn't important. Yeah, no, it's, it's just money. It's whatever. It's like, no, money is the most fucking important thing to make society, to make civilization move forward. If you, our, if you don't our have, entire lives are built around it and making yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, not just around the fact that you need a language to transact with other people around you if you can't like once humans developed a language then we could start creating things because we could talk to each other and we could cooperate and then we discover you know we started making hammers and spears and then that makes us be able to hunt better and all this shit and you you drive that all the way up the line the same time when you create money so money is this idea and then you just have to find a tool to use for it it's just so happens that we've never had a good tool for it and satoshi found the perfect one so all for all of human civilization, we've had money, but it's always been shit money. And now we have a perfect tool, a perfect measuring device to transact value. It's the most important thing because it, it'd be like us trying to have a fucking podcast right now, but we all speak different languages. Mm -hmm. And also while we're speaking different languages, some asshole on the other side of the country is fucking changing what the words mean. Like that's how fucked up having so, a broken so, money is. No, so... But before you go, Mike, I you answered our, you answered the you answered our question. I said, "What are we searching for?" We were all searching for whether we would have used these words or not when we were there at the time. We were all searching for the answer to what is money, and we I, found it. I wanted to point out that it just dawned on me, like how it also exposed in such a big way the relationship between money and and energy. This is a huge, huge oh yeah like game changer value and value and energy value and energy and what we're really talking about here is just this record this intemperable record that's persistent as long as humans wish to preserve it yeah as, as long as money is important to us then bitcoin right. will exist which means that as long will... as it's it's important for us to transact with each other to exchange with each other right Right. And then the, the other thing that's funny is uh, Knut says this a lot. He's like, the other thing that Fiat fucked up is how much it drove up consumerism, 
right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this in, in your own personal lives, probably have. Oh, of course. But like I bought a lot of bullshit before Bitcoin. And after I became a Bitcoiner, I've bought almost nothing <laughs> for like two years. Um, I, I try my like I was pretty, you know, I didn't buy too much shit, but you still just buy junk when you're a fiatter because you don't give a fuck. But now it's like my value is going to go up over time. So that's going to happen to everybody, too, which is going to just drive down consumerism in a crazy way. Because what happens when what happens when there's like nobody wants to buy your bullshit like th this is the whole you know the shopping channel i'll buy as seen on tv products yeah, 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 yeah like some of them are fucking cool but most of them are just bullshit that you just are like when, oh this is great for the one time i need it and then i'll throw it in my drawer for the next fucking 17 years but if you were really right? thinking about the amount of energy and effort and and, and labor that went into the 19 dollars and 99 cents then you no longer give a shit about that stupid widget you saw on the tv it you start to completely focus on saving money mm -hmm. real money saving your energy mm -hmm. for productive tasks for things that really bring you value or or uh whether it's like personal value or economic value that's what you spend your energy on you uh. once you think about the actual energy the actual value of money 19 dollars is no longer some stupid trinket it's so much more Check it out, check it out. I just had some 100,000 sats. Look, fiat has to extract energy for itself to exist. Bitcoin has to create energy for itself to exist. Would you agree? Produce energy. Produce energy. Fine. Produce I don't it. know if I don't know if it can create it, but it can produce it, right? Like it, produce, it you're right. Out okay, to the yes. If it, it finds basically it's the energy. it's the opposite. These two things are diametrically opposed on the idea scale, right? Right. Hmm. I don't know. I just think, yeah, the <laughs> the energy, the, the way that Sailor talks about Bitcoin is energy all the time. I've been trying to think that over in my head too, because like, yeah, it's, we, it's, we, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you say Bitcoin is money, like it is money, like in the sense of what you spend, but Bitcoin is also money in the sense of everything that a money affects and how it, it shapes society. So it's like Bitcoin is energy. It's not energy in money. Is in a, it's not in the physics sense. Like a, a physicist isn't going to come up with a mathematical calculation to say Bitcoin is, is this is energy, but it's energy in the sense that it affects the way we produce energy, the way we consume energy, the way we expend energy, like all of our lives change in the way that we use our energy. So in that sense, Bitcoin is energy because energy is also money. So it's all those, it's like the Holy Trinity. What do you... The Father, the Son, the Holy it's, Spirit. It's yeah. probably like the peak high moment right there. They're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> But they're all different. Here, think think about this thought, okay? Are you guys a <laughs> Dan probably is? Are you are you guys a believer in the the theory of a collective conscious? I uh, well, I don't know if I would yeah, call go, myself a believer, but it's well, well, okay. Can you can you describe a little I, bit of what that I is? I thought they like it. Okay, well here here's my crazy psychotic rant. All right, okay. <laughs> like if you think <laughs> and this and I'll bring it back to Bitcoin at the end, but if you think about what to think about what Bitcoin is. It's like, and why it's important. 
the collective conscious idea i guess and this is this is one of my realizations i had as well is like what is the what is <laughs> what is the meaning of life you know this is what you this is the question you ask and then you realize bitcoin is the answer but course, it's like where, where 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 did where did life start what's the point of it what are we doing here why what's even why does it matter the, these are the sort of questions actually like depressed people or nihilistic people ask because and then if you can't find the answer to it you realize that you, well, you end up killing yourself or you just are and end up being very depressed for a long time if you can't figure out what the point of life is but what i the way i think of it is like what is a human i think we're three things i think we're a conscious i think we're a soul and then i think we're we're our, our human body right body mind and soul and so <laughs> how deep do i want to get get into this go <laughs> i think when the, when the universe started, started conscious I think when the universe started, consciousness existed and it said, okay, here I am. What will I do? I create the universe. And this is kind of like God creating the universe or the universe creating the universe. And then it said, okay, what do I want to do with this now? I can't see anything. So I need to experience it. And then it created life and that's, that's life. And then it kind of fucked around for a while until it created humans. And so then humans were born and we were just a byproduct of consciousness trying to understand itself and trying to see the creation of the universe that it made and then i think it said okay well i need different ideas for for what each human's going to be so we can figure out what we're going to do because we got to move forward with our life with what with what we're doing here so it gave each human a soul and then each soul is given tasks to do good or bad and then and then and so i think all humans are connected in that way that we're all part of this one collective conscious and then so that that's where like you hear hippies saying you know, we are all one whatever which i'm a believer and i guess i'm i'm somewhat of a hippie if you want to say that it was like yeah we're all one conscious that is just trying to experience the universe as it is and then we all have our own individual souls whether you believe in past lives or future lives uh, i'm sort of a believer in that where you want to do good and you want to carry on and all these souls are going through the universe trying to figure out what consciousness is and then <laughs> and they can all talk to each other like oh yeah i went through life and i kind of fucked up so i'm gonna do it again right and then that soul has to do it again and fucked up again and then, <laughs> and then fiat kind of was there on that level where the, these people are living this fiat life oh you have a journey to actually experience and enjoy the beauty that is the fucking earth around you the sun and fucking trees and touch the grass and shit and so and people just live their lives just doing nothing so you keep doing that until you actually fucking make some progress with your soul and you do some good in the world maybe you create new life right and so all these souls are talking to each other and then what bitcoin does is like all all humans we've been dying to try and understand each other this is why we discovered or uh created language that's another thing what money is is language so without without the ability to interact with each other we can't be connected and in order for us to continue on with um what our the collective conscious and our souls want us to do we need to connect and cooperate together in order to find whatever the true glory of this universe is right so what and the, you can't do that if you don't have the tools to cooperate and then what bitcoin comes in and says oh here here's here's one thing that connects all human life on the planet we are all part of this 21 million collection of digital coins and everybody has their own little share and we can try move them around within each other so that the good ideas 
continue to go up. With Bitcoin, if you have a good idea, you're going to start collecting more Bitcoins. More are going to go to you so that you can create more and more good ideas. And then once you have a bad idea, all the fucking Bitcoins are going to go away. You're going to find out real quick, right? That, that's what <laughs> This is what happens in the fiat world where somebody has a good idea, maybe they make a lot of money, and then they have a bad idea, and it's okay, we'll fucking bail them out. It's just not going to happen in Bitcoin. It's going to be good ideas only succeed the end. So that, that's why when you look into the future on a Bitcoin standard, it's it's going to be better because only fucking good ideas can actually survive. Like, look at all the, the bullshit ideas that come out of, of the fiat world because people can get, quote unquote, loans or borrow money that doesn't fucking exist to do stupid shit with. You cannot so, do that. There, there'll be no loans on a Bitcoin standard. There will only be, you have this many sats. What do you want to do with them? You want to sit on them for a while until you can figure it out? That's fine. Just stay alive and feed yourself until so, you think of a good idea. So so I think how I would sum up that rant is that the white paper is like the theory of the origin of species, but for money and for the economy, right? Like it's only the strong survive. Um, just like evolution, right? Like this is how the 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 lizards turned into or dinosaurs turned into lizards or chickens or whatever right over time because the only the, the the good genes the good uh yeah, mut mutations strong. survived right yeah. the strong survived and with bitcoin it's that explanation for money the strong survives the because the good ideas that it will that society will benefit from comes from the money, you know, the strongest money surviving. And it's, it's not even the strongest money surviving, man. It still comes back to the people. It's always just about the people. That's why I think Bitcoin is like an evolution. That's right. In like, humanity, because it, it's like Bitcoiners are going to survive because they have the means to, and they're working towards living a better life. And all the fiaters are going to die out because they're, they can't take care of themselves. And they're the tools they're right. using. Are no, like the, like it's like, you know, the, the animal, the human being, right? We are an individual person, right? I, I'm Dan, but really I'm billions of cells and in, in different genes and different parts of my DNA. And like those genes having some better trait and making me live longer, making me stronger, make me overall better. So it's like the relationship between the metaphysical and the, the human body or in the relationship between the money and society, the good ideas that Bitcoiners have make Bitcoin benefit and I vice mean, versa. Yeah. And it connects us all like the, the same way that you are an individual made up of lots of cells and shit. It's like, then you just expand that further. You're just one cell in a greater right. um, organism exactly. that is humanity. And then Bitcoin makes that obvious because it shows you what your fucking, right. what your and score your good is. I, your good ideas are the good traits, the genes that keep the or the broader organism going and surviving. So humanity as a broader organism mm -hmm. becomes stronger, becomes uh, more adaptable as its money improves. Yeah. Yeah. Humanity gets better because it has 
a better tool to stay more connected with each other. And right. what's crazy, what's fucking crazy about you, you the, one of the funny things Bitcoiners say is like, people said I got lucky with Bitcoin. I didn't get lucky with Bitcoin. It's like, motherfucker, we got so lucky with Bitcoin that we're here at the dawn of the evolution of, of the new age of whatever fucking humanity is going to be. Like, it's an insane time to be alive. It's absolutely unbelievable that we're here as we're watching humanity go from we were the under we were the people who existed when bitcoin was under a million blocks yeah the first million we're the first million like the true uh pioneers it's just it's mind-blowing that, that's why i'm so grateful to just be i'm just i'm just happy to be here <laughs> seriously though it's fucking nuts man this this points out to me the sort of value of things that last longer so that the longer something lasts do you think there's a tie between more, the more valuable it becomes right like if your if your arteries collapse when you're 25 and you have a heart attack that's not great. Like the value is the artery that's going to last you till you're 90 years old. You're absolutely it's there, and you and, and there's no extra energy to build something to replace it. You know what I mean? It's Thank like, you for that it's Energy efficient, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say this to Jeff was all the stuff we're talking about, the way it affects society, the way it affects our lives, the way it affects you, everything, money. The wild thing is that Bitcoin's not real. None of it's real. It's just a, it's software it's a it's an abstract it's an abstraction and yet it has this insane effect in the physical world well this, it's untamperable data you can't tamper with that data it's still a bunch of calculations in math which is what what i come back to man it's like it's still satoshi said you know <laughs> i don't know how to read it but the the symbol of the having it's like here's a calculation this is just true and then you can either believe like you can say it doesn't exist that doesn't make it not exist just like uh, a thing i was thinking about is uh, 1984 one of my favorite books you know there's two plus two equals four you can convince everybody everybody in civilization that two plus two equals five doesn't make it true just like in bitcoin you convince everybody even if everybody went to fucking bsv or some other shit coin it still would not take away from the fact that bitcoin is true and so it will always come back, back around because yeah. all the other ones are just fake. It's and B- Bitcoin is the first iteration of digital scarcity. And it cannot be, you can't find that twice. It's just impossible. It's the, the, um, when they had those like old scrolls they found and they need, they couldn't translate them, right? They needed a, the Rosetta Stone. It was like a cipher that allowed them, it was like a missing piece that allowed them to calculate. And translate what an ancient dead language what it uh what the information that they were trying to pass what they were trying to record and it was like a a cipher that yeah like it let let them translate language and bitcoin is like a cipher that lets us have a true measure of what is valuable in the physical and metaphysical world so now that we have that cipher and we can measure we have like a basis to measure all the things around us in our lives and in society that what the real value of those things are it it's like a map that um, reveals so much more yeah and it's, it's, a, it's a cipher for value yeah and the other thing is like it's going to be a tool that's around forever so even if like a bunch of 
humans die out, Bitcoin's still going to just keep producing blocks forever. So then if it's like 5,000 years in the future, some humans stumble across an old computer and they see the Bitcoin network running, and like, what's this? And you're going to realize that it's true. So like when we go back, and then they'll be able to use that because it's going to be better than whatever they have, right? So when when we look at ancient civilizations, like the the ancient Egypts, that ancient Egyptians that built the pyramids, apparently they used qubits. If you guys know what you know what a qubit is, can you enlighten unit, me? It's a it's a unit of measure that goes from your fingertip to the inside of your elbow. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so they used that. <laughs> allegedly to build the, to build the uh the pyramids and us being in the future we're like okay well that's kind of a shitty unit of measure we'll use feet or we'll use uh meters and so now for for the rest of time into the future if somebody comes back they're going to look at the different sort of tools people use to measure shit and we realize oh yeah no feet is definitely better than cubits we'll just use this even if they have invented one of their own so Bitcoin is like a perfect tool, a perfect measurement that will always be around for humans for the rest of time. And it's better than all the tools that came before it. And it's better than all the tools that's going to come after it. Like somebody could come, come, somebody could come around and make a quote unquote better money, but like, no, they can't, you know? <laughs> right. It's like, um, it, it it's crazy that it helps you see the, the present world around you uh, more accurately. But it's crazy how it also helps you see history more accurately. Once you have that cipher for value that what money really is, regardless of what era you lived in, whether you lived in ancient Rome, whether you lived in ancient Greece, whether you lived in BC, right? Whenever they had paper money, it was bullshit. Whenever they had hard money, it was successful. So you look at what the people valued through their actions and what they recorded in history. And you start to interpret it through what real value is. You can start to see like, Oh, they wrote this story to make, you know, make it seem like this, but based on the way people looked at money, looked at value, you can start to kind of see the hidden motives and oh, the King did this. And he said it was for this self-righteous reason, but it was pretty obvious what his incentives were. Because you can, it reveals the past too, and it, in a lot of ways, reveals the future. Like what's going to be valuable tomorrow? Well, I know fiat's not going to be more valuable tomorrow. You can also, yeah, you can also compare it just to old civilizations. You can see what they built—the good ones that yeah. had good, that had good the money, castles. Good, yeah. the ca castles or pyramids or the yeah the pillars in Greece. Those things lasted forever. And there's probably who knows how many ancient civilizations that we don't know about because they never were able to get to a point where they had a good money. And to compare and, that to Detroit, Michigan, which is yeah, well, completely rotted away and gone within 50 years. Some exactly, of those castles yeah, weren't even done being built. That's going to happen to all of fiat society. So many of our fucking shitty cities are just going to melt away. It, like... <laughs> we're going from a civilization that will be forgotten to history to the dawn of the beginning of the humans for the rest of time. Like it's a very insane shift we're seeing from pre Bitcoin to post Bitcoin is uh, it's going to be a big change. So I think that is kind of the hope a lot of people have with, you know, obviously El Salvador has, isn't perfect, but 
as a country that embraced Bitcoin, you can kind of expect that they're going to have a brighter future relative to a lot of fiat clinging societies like Western Europe, North America. Or at yeah, least that's what it kind of seems like. It'll be interesting. I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm hesitant of El Salvador. You know, I, I'm, I'm hesitant of you, Kaylee, but I think if like the communities, when I think it's very legit that I've been to, I think they're, it, it's a truly uh, the right type of like Bitcoin beach. Um, I think even if Elsa, even if you, Kaylee is kind of, kind of shady, the communities within El Salvador that embrace it will gain more influence, more power, more economic uh, sway, and maybe they'll take over the country. That's kind of true, right? Because even if, like, uh, Kayla got a, a big loan from China to build a bunch of shit that he that he put out, which I thought was weird that people were uh, praising him for getting a loan from China. This is, uh, I don't know, a few months back or yeah, a year yeah, back or that. something. Yeah. It's like, you're right. Like, even if he does do that, it'll still be an example of the bad ideas will eventually be destroyed. And so... It's not it's not El Salvador as a nation or Bukele and per se. It's just the actual people that are small time running little the little shops. Like those 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 people are those yeah, those people's kids or those people's kids' kids. Yeah. Will actually be in the future. Yeah. If they build, right. If they build and they and they they continue to use Bitcoin, they should uh their ideas should should triumph. And it's not it's not gonna happen in five years. And I don't think like you know the the world's going to wake up to Bitcoin or this revolution, this renaissance that it might usher in. I think it might, you know, hyper-Bitcoinization, this renaissance type event may, I think it's possible that it will happen. I think it's probable, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be measured over the course of the rest of my lifetime or the next five years. I think it's going to be when people look in history at this multi-generational re renaissance, they'll see people like us and, you know, it's like, they were at the beginning, but they didn't get to see it through necessarily. They just got to be, you know, their their few blocks of time on this earth is what they experienced to this broader revolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like the the, pe the people don't really even need, like you don't even need to build in Bitcoin. You could, all you need to do is sit and wait out the death of fiat. Like, we can just chill for a while. you want to stack sats, so you probably will build at least something. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to do something. You're going to stack sats. But really what you do, like we're watching, we're watching the birth of Bitcoin, but we're also watching the death of fiat. And so it's just going to be a yeah. question of which one's more, which one's more, I don't know what the word is, certain, which one's more obvious. Yeah, gonna, right. Like Bitcoin. Which is one is set up to win? Yeah. Bitcoin is going to survive even if we all just take care of ourselves. And fiat will implode no matter what. Like, we don't have to go and build the castles in a decade or a century. We just have to stay alive and keep just enjoying the world around us and watch the fiat system collapse because that's what fiat does. And it's going to be the last time fiat collapses, too. It's not like this hasn't happened before. Every other time, you just watch civilization crumble and then go to war. We're probably going to see civilization crumble. I was going to say, war. when you've got like such a, a rapid change, right? You've got the, like you said, the death of the fiat system and the birth of the Bitcoin system. Those are two very different things. It's like a, a cold front and a, and a warm front meeting over the Nebraska Midwest 
in the springtime and it's and it causes violent thunderstorms and tornadoes and i think that that we're probably in for a one of those violent midwest storms in terms of society and culture it feels like that's brewing already i don't i don't really think so man it's kind of different right because the other death of the fiats what did the what did the civilians what were the civilians choices what were guys like us you know 30 year old dudes doing actually we're probably already a bit old but what were we doing when we were getting ready for the collapse of fiat we were all fucking hyped up to fight for our country and we don't have to do that now we can just fucking sit back it's it's like there's a there, yeah like like your theory there's a, a tornado going on but bitcoiners are just on the other side of we're the, in the storm shelter yeah we're just like not giving a fuck you know we don't have to worry whereas at every other point in history they had to worry they had to think what am i gonna do no the the the, the battle is gonna be between the um the fiat people is there uh the bitcoiners are gonna sit back and be like have at it but yeah just because usually when fiat dies it's another fiat that's coming in to take over but this time the u.s dollar is going to die and it's either going to be china trying to take over russia trying to take over whatever and we just don't have to worry about it because that's going to be dying too it's just going to be a, a long list of dying currencies of dying organizations of dying countries that don't matter and bitcoin just on the other side not caring and there must have been people like us in the past there there were bitcoiners before bitcoin existed right yes. again th those were like those were the hippies that were just you know stop the war we don't need this shit we're gonna live over here and usually they go live in a commune and grow their own fruit and grow their own vegetables and you know do all that shit the only difference is is that they wouldn't be able to um advance in any way they're kind of plateaued right you can't you can get any greater than that because you you were stuck in the barter system those people would be stuck saying okay well johnny grows potatoes and susie grows tomatoes and we live a happy life we can trade our shit around but they never were able to have a good money they just couldn't it didn't exist and now we can do that thing where we grow the, the vegetables and also have money to transact with other people that are doing the same shit like yeah it's like the it's like the old testament man people had to fucking do some crazy weird sacrifices and, and and rituals to try to find kind of like the truth in the world and then the new testament's like boom bitcoin's born now you just look to bitcoin it's the it's the savior <laughs> <laughs> yes man it's gonna it's just gonna lead to doug, good doug times. would hate that one it's just gonna lead to good times man like I don't know. I think I think that's what I Jesus so, is trying too. to say. Just stop being assholes to each other. We're, right. we're, we're all we're all connected. We're all one. You know. Treat like treat Bitcoin. that treat treat your treat every other node the way you would like your node to be treated. Motherfucker, yeah, dude. Like it's just it's exactly it, man. Just don't be a dick to people. Treat people how you want to be treated, and then life is good. It's that fucking simple, but yeah people just don't want to don't want to do that for some reason it's difficult to care about others it is it's hard to care about others when you're when you're slaving away to make mm -hmm. money that's dying and you're you're hungry and you're tired and some motherfuckers doing the same thing he's, he's coming for your job he wants that promotion over you and you need that money it makes you really uh it's very adversarial to your common your co-workers and your community
Yeah, yeah. And if you had standard, people just have to compete on a Bitcoin standard. You get to cooperate. It's so nice. This is why Bitcoin just it makes me so happy. Just thinking about how wonderful it is. I I should ask Jeff. What um was there anything that you wanted to speak about coming on tonight? I wrote a list of shit, Mike. I think we got through it all. <laughs> I think we got through it all. Oh, we were talking about blog time real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just like uh, what about blog time? Just that it's a it's a better unit of time than <laughs> I don't time. I don't know, man. Th- than minutes or hours. Do you mm-hmm. think it is or is it not? I've I've been trying to figure that out too. Because well, over over the long run, kind of, it's it if in the fiat world when you got to be somewhere at 715 then you got to be off to the train at 225 you know it's it's hard but when you live a probably a more simple life it's probably a, a great or a much more efficient unit of measurement i would say yeah it, i I'm, I'm on that same train i think that the the roman whatever you know however we got to the 24-hour calendar or 24-hour clock um it's a very persistent thing, that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm. It's uh, everybody into a rhythm, the same rhythm. And it's the based Bitcoin on the rotation blockchain. of the earth. Yeah. It's based on what the uh, you know observations. And so obviously it has a big history behind it. So I'd be curious as to how that would be up upended. But uh, yeah, I, I think I agree yeah, like with Dan. I think I mean, it's for people with longer time frames. An aside. Jeff, Jeff appreciates conspiracy theories. Imagine back in the 1800s, right? Like I think it was the one of the train companies, one of the railroad companies in the United States and Europe. They they got together and they said, "We got to do standardized time zones. We got to build these time zones where like all the hours are the same, but if you cross this imaginary line, it's an hour ahead or an hour behind, right?" And people told time a completely different way back then. Imagine some you know city person some railroad ceo comes to your little town and you live you know in fucking kyrgyzstan like you know you've never been to the united states even some westerners telling you all right this is what time it is from now on at these times throughout the day this is your time zone and this motherfucker is like who the hell is this tell me what time it is like imagine the conspiracy theories on twitter if motherfucker, if like the WEF was coming like this is what your time is now. Your time is now what we say it is. If you don't get to the train station the time, you're not get you're not getting a ride. Time is what we say it is now. Imagine the conspiracy theories that that would have fucking people would have been like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I think it's a much more connective uh, time zone, by the way, or connective way of telling time because everyone can be on the same block, but not everyone can mm-hmm. be on the same time zone. Yeah, so right. that, that yeah. that's yeah, that's where I bring it back to. It's better for just the whole if we're gonna all be interacting with each other across the globe. And like you guys podcasters, you know, you try and book a time with somebody that's in, in the EU, it's a fucking nightmare. You're trying to figure it out. But uh <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if we were have you had that issue yet? It's so frustrating. Like I have a of couple course. people I want to talk to, and it's just oh yeah, yeah. can we record at four a.m. Yeah. your time? Is that cool? <laughs> no, terrible. It it's so shitty. But uh, yeah, like, and then also daylight savings times. Like the time is now three o'clock again. Like it's what? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we'd be much better off. Again, it just comes down to measurement units. Mm-hmm. Hum- humanity does better 
with better tools and better measurements. Yeah. If the measurements are fucked up, everything gets fucked up. So if we have a time that stays consistent for everyone, that would be better. Just like we have a, a unit of money that stays consistent for everyone. You know, yeah. we, we all use the time is money. It's the same thing with like, and this is another thing. This is why Americans, Canadians, or whoever else, we struggle to communicate because we use different measurements for, you know, pouring liquids or the temperature or whatever. It's like, oh, what does that mean? I don't, as soon as you both speak the same language, it makes it so much easier to just. And the religions, the religions and the cultures measure value and assign value to things differently. So you're, we're all measuring everything. Like you get lost in translation because you have no idea what this motherfucker's talking about because he's using Chinese metaphors because mm-hmm. your cultures are different. You measure value differently. Yeah. It's, it's much better when everybody just is speaking the same language and money is just a language. So everybody's speaking the same. If everybody's speaking Bitcoin, we're going to have a better time. That's why memes are, that's why I like memes, sharing memes on, on Twitter and shit. Cause it's like, dude, some dude in Africa just like my meme. It's like, <laughs> whatever i did it, it crossed the those boundaries usually it's about bitcoin too yeah you spoke you spoke the same language there for a little minute was... mm-hmm. no no matter what language you speak we all know t- 21 million right there you go exactly right. exactly um, right man yeah Jeff, tell us about the podcast there's changes coming where can people find you Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want to listen to my psycho ass talk, I do a podcast every week. It's called why Bitcoin. Um, we've done a fuck ton of episodes. We're actually kind of going to take a break soon, going through some changes, but I just talked to Gary Leland. Check out that episode. Dude's fucking awesome. (laughs) A quick, the highlight of that episode. I was like, Gary, you're an old guy. Is the world fucking crazy or are we just biased because we're we're young and we think the world's crazy? He's like, listen, man, the world was crazy when I was young, but it's just fucking insane now. He said something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn. Anyways, uh, a good chat. Yeah, I don't know. What else am I supposed to say? Oh, yeah. Sly Goomba. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I'm very important on Twitter. At Sly Goomba. <laughs> That's it, man. That's all I'm doing. I like talking about Bitcoin. So do we. This is a great chat. Yeah, this is fun. We got cosmic and retarded, just like I hope. Definitely both of those things came across for sure. (laughs) Right on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H-R-T-L-N-D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!